welcome to The Grace Space, a space to unlearn what the fitness industry has ingrained in our minds for years. From weights making us bulky to eating 1,200 calories a day, health and fitness can be so black and white, which causes unhealthy relationships with food, exercise, and ultimately, ourselves. When you come to a gray space, you will learn how to stay consistent with the things that genuinely make you feel good and enjoy. So come hang with me and learn how to take back your life without labels, guilt, or restriction. Welcome to the gray space. Hi guys, welcome back to the gray space. I hope you had a wonderful week. Mondays are always kind of shitty, especially after the holiday, so hopefully this episode helps you just get out of your head, zone out, and maybe learn something new. This week's question of the day, why did the scale go up? To those of you that are new, we always start off with a question of the day. I always start off by reading the black and white answer that Google gives us, and then I share with you guys the gray space within that answer. So Google says, and guys, my jaw dropped when I read this. It says, in big, bold words, lifting heavy weights. And we wonder why women are afraid to lift heavy in the gym. This is the number one reason when you lift heavy weights, you put stress on the muscle, you create micro tears in the muscle and inflammation. Your body responds to this micro trauma by retaining water and rushing it to the muscle to help repair them. If I was someone teetering back and forth, if I should start strength training and I come across that, hmm, I wouldn't do it. But I'm going to tell you why you shouldn't be afraid and all the other reasons why the scale went up. So first off, if you did not know this, you would have to eat over 3,500 calories over your current maintenance to gain one pound of fat. So for example, if you are someone that regularly eats around 1,600 calories, that means you have to eat 5,100 calories in one day to gain one pound of fat. So the next time you see the scale go up, Hopefully, that eases your mind alone that it's not going to be body fat. Now, I get it. You're in a calorie deficit, and the scale is not going in your favor. We question everything. But I want you to think about these different factors so you can assess what could be going on as to why the scale is going up. So the first one's going to be sleep. If your sleep is trash... That's one, because sleep is critical. If you have a really intense workout, just like Google mentioned above, yes, we sometimes hold on to inflammation and water retention because of how challenging your workout is. But I love how Google solely chopped it up to heavy weights because that could have been from a long run, a HIIT workout, cycle classes, sprints, like anything you are pushing yourself out of your comfort zone is going to do that. Another reason could be you haven't gone to the bathroom yet or eating food late at night, carbs specifically, alcohol, where you are on your period, and hydration. We actually tend to hold on to more water weight when we are dehydrated. 
So you see, there are so many factors that influence where your weight is, and weight loss is not linear. And if you are not patient and don't trust the process, you're actually screwing yourself out of these amazing results that you are truly capable of. And lastly, to go back to the heavy weightlifting, yes, muscle weighs so much more than fat. I want you guys to just Google one pound of fat versus one pound of muscle. But you shouldn't be scared of gaining muscle or have a fear of getting bulky. Those of you that want to get a snatch waist, have those bigger glutes, maybe achieve an hourglass figure, it's all going to stem from muscle. If all you are doing is cardio, yes, the scale is going to go down. But you are losing more muscle and water than you are losing body fat, which can leave you feeling dissatisfied and maybe calling yourself skinny fat. Having muscle on your body is going to enhance your shape and lose weight at the same time. Muscle tissue is also more metabolically active than fat tissue, which means it requires more energy to maintain. So the more muscle you have on your body, the more calories you burn and the less work that we have to do. So doing this is teaching your body how to become more of a efficient fat burning machine. So hopefully that clears up any confusion for you. Solely basing your progress on the scale is not going to be the best. And the next time you see that number go up, think of all of those potential factors that I mentioned above. All right, guys, let's catch up. So it's past Easter now, but I'm recording this on a Friday, right before Easter weekend. My parents are coming up for Easter, and no joke, I think this is the longest I haven't seen my mom in years, and it's only been like three weeks, which is pretty sad, but I'm super excited to see them, and she is actually going to stay up here for another week on top of that. She's getting all her appointments in when she's up here because, I mean, if, you, if you've moved, you know how hard it is to just find your people when you move to a different state for like hair, nails, facials. So she's making all her appointments and one of them, we're going to go see Chelsea at Avera Beauty for some Botox. This isn't her first time, but it is mine. So I am excited for that. They say that you should start right before you start to see wrinkles when your face is relaxed and I'm starting to see a little but I'm curious to get her opinion on where I'm going to get them at and it's great timing because I have a couple trips coming up for the month of April. One of them will be back to Florida but this time not to visit my parents. Bobby and I are going to be going down to some event for him that he got invited to and I'm tagging along with him. And I'll be honest, I know nothing about this event, but he told me that I get to wear an evening gown and we have to really, really dress up. So I'm so for it. We're definitely going to be out of our comfort zone with just like being around these type of people. So I'm a little nervous on that, but we can fake it. 
I don't know how I haven't thought of this before, but you can actually like rent designer bags and jewelry for pretty cheap. And I think I'm gonna rent this Prada bag that I saw that's really cute. And it's only like $100 for a month, I was shocked. And I just ordered two dresses, well actually three, but one is for the night before the event. But they're from, if you've ever heard of J-Lux label, great quality dresses, like remind me of Revolve without spending so, so much money. Like I was fully going to spend $450 on this red dress from Revolve, but like we talked about, I'm trying to be smart with my money when it comes to shopping, but I found almost the exact same one on J-Lux. It's like this red silk type material, open back, um, it ties around your neck, so it's a high neck. I bought my first pair of Skims shapewear because with silk, it just makes me a little nervous because you can see every single little bump and crevice and I want to feel snatched and smooth. So I bought their sheer backless shorts. So I'm excited to see because it's like apparently high-waisted, but in the back, since I have an open back dress, it like dips down. So you're not going to see the shapewear. She's a freaking genius, but I'm really excited to see if Skims truly meets the hype that I see on social media. So last week was a pretty difficult week for me, not going to lie. I had my first panic attack the other day. Highly don't recommend. Those are not fun. I never experienced that in my life, but the way I can describe it is you can't control your breathing at all, and at times I felt like I couldn't breathe, and it's almost like you're looking down at yourself, and it started by me feeling a little dizzy, which then immediately turned into a full-blown attack, and I don't really want to get into the why in it with what caused it because... It was just a bunch of things that just hit me all at once. And I felt so bad because Bobby and I were arguing right before this happened. I was just nitpicking everything he wasn't doing right and expecting him to almost read my mind. And I couldn't even give him solutions to the things I was pissed off at. And I just realized after like an hour of going back and forth, it really had nothing to do with him. And all of those thoughts just consumed me and bam, like hit me out of nowhere. It was not pretty. So if you are just dealing with shit in your life right now, don't take your issues out on other people that you love. Talk them through. Let yourself feel the emotions you are feeling so that doesn't happen to you. And I promise you, it doesn't make you any weaker. And always remind yourself at the end of the day that you are going to be okay. That's a phrase that really has become a part of my daily affirmations because as some of you may know, Bobby and I have been struggling to get pregnant for quite some time. And I really thought I was pregnant last week. Every weird or off symptom I felt, I would immediately Google it. And if it was saying it was an early sign of pregnancy, I think I just got my hopes up too high and started to trick my mind into thinking my symptoms were worse than they really were. And that's what's hard with 
period PMS symptoms, they're so similar to pregnancy symptoms. My boobs felt like just way more tender. Like if Bobby touched them, I was like, don't, don't touch me. I had heartburn. Like what? I never have heartburn. And that was apparently an early sign. My cramping was a little more than usual. And I even read that your progesterone hormone rises when you are pregnant, which can cause fatigue and leg pain. And my legs one night were killing me. Like they just felt so achy. So I was fully convinced after I read all that. I was like, oh my God, I'm pregnant. So I woke up the next day and I was really excited. Like when I tell you guys, I was planning out like, okay, how am I going to tell Bobby? How am I going to tell my family? How am I going to tell my girlfriends? Like planning it out. And I didn't even like get a pregnancy test yet, but I woke up, bought a pregnancy test and it came up negative and I was still in denial. Like was telling myself it was a false negative in that I still possibly could be pregnant and then my period came. I cried a lot. Bobby definitely helped me through it when I talked to him um, and he reminded me that we were going to be okay and we're going to get more answers this month which is going to point us in one direction or another and just gotta keep staying positive, keep trying and stay hopeful with all of this, but it sucks getting your period, let alone thinking that you were pregnant and getting your period. And if anyone out there is going through the same thing, you are not alone. And some months I feel like are better than others. And for me, this was a really bad one. But I shared a little bit about this on my social media and the amount of you guys that messaged me, it was the most touching thing. Like I just woke up with so much gratitude the next day of like, wow, I don't feel alone in this. And, and it really meant just the absolute world to me. And I'm so lucky to have an amazing community and amazing women by my side whenever I'm struggling. So... Throughout these last couple of weeks, I've shared with you guys that I gave up alcohol for Lent. And I can now say I have officially done it. I've been sober for 47 days since I started on Ash Wednesday. And I wanted to share with you guys in this episode my experience overall and how it's really improved my relationship with it in general. So when I decided to do this, it was kind of spur of the moment. I went to church on Ash Wednesday and I was like, I got to think of something I'm going to give up. And every year I always pick like ice cream or sweets because like, hello, I love sweets. But I was like, no, I want to pick something that's like actually really challenging. And I just thought right away, maybe it's time for you to give up alcohol. I've been wanting to do this, but I've mentioned in the past, I'm not good with the all or nothing. I'm not good at completely taking things out because I want it even more when I do that. But this had such a powerful meaning behind it because I wasn't just doing this for myself. I was doing this for God and Jesus. I was doing this for Lynn. 
So when I decided to do this, I told my husband, fully committed, and he was like, damn, I mean, okay, like fully supported me, but was just like, this is going to be hard. And the first weekend comes around, I'm with all of my cousins, we're having uh, just a family dinner, and I told them, and they were like, oh, hell no, there is no way that you can do that. And me being the competitive person that I am, it fueled me even more to do it because I honestly didn't think I was going, it was going to be that hard. I was kind of just taking it like week by week, but they made it seem like I was going to epically fail. And maybe it's because like when I'm with them, I'm always drinking with them. We always have a good time, but weekends were the toughest. I will say that because I'm solely a social drinker. You're never going to see me drink a glass of wine to wind down at night before bed. However, I did get into the habit of hitting Bobby's weed pen to fall asleep. So that was also a part of my Lent was quitting that because there was just something about relying on that to fall asleep that I was just not okay with. Like I was just thinking to myself, that's not normal. And I don't even want to go down the topic of marijuana, but... I've heard so many pros and cons to weed, and to be honest, I feel like it just hasn't been around that long yet to come out with these long-term studies for me to really talk on it yet. The main thing that just made me feel uneasy was the fact that I literally relied on that to fall asleep, and if I had a hangover, I would, and it just made me feel even worse, and I was like, I just need to cut this. And I honestly did that with zero issues. I love my sleep. So I was shocked literally the first night that I went without it, fell asleep and was totally fine. So, but like I said, the weekends were tough and I first purposely didn't want to make plans to go out because I thought I wasn't going to be fun or just be the buzzkill for everyone. But I got out of my comfort zone real quick with going to this women's event where I only knew two of the people going. That's when my social anxiety really kicks in. Like if I'm with a bunch of friends, it's not a big deal. But when I'm going to an event that I don't know many people and I know I'm going to be having small talk conversations with people I don't know, old me would rely on a drink as I'm getting ready and one when I get there just to loosen up and be myself, which is actually kind of pathetic if you think about it. But I've done that since I can remember. I'm so embarrassed to admit this, but I've actually done that for a job interview too because I was so nervous. But anyways, I realized at this event, I was 100% capable of being myself without alcohol. I was fine. I got a Diet Coke. We hung out. I had a great time. So just doing that alone helped me acknowledge that I don't need alcohol at every social event, especially events that I don't know as many people. I was fully able to be myself and have a good time. And if it wasn't for me pushing myself out of my comfort zone, I would have never done that and discovered this. The second thing I wrote down was a decrease in anxiety and an increase in production. Minus the panic attack, we aren't gonna count that, but I've noticed my anxiety has gone down tremendously. 
it didn't matter if I had two drinks or seven. It always felt like there was an elephant on my chest the next day and I could not shake the anxiety away. Waking up on a Sunday and not feeling that is a very good feeling. My Sundays might be the most productive I am now with my personal life, which is setting my weeks up to just get more done. And I'm looking forward to my weeks more. It's not like I'm always playing catch up with myself. And it's difficult because when you own your own business, you always feel like you could be doing more, of course. And I'm trying my best to keep that balance because I've burned out before and I don't want to do that again. I would say I'm more disciplined with that now, and I'm not always playing catch up with myself, which genuinely feels so good. I don't mind a lazy Sunday here and there. My friends and I call them rot days, like we just sit there and rot. But every time I was hungover, I felt so guilty over doing nothing that I couldn't even enjoy sitting there watching a movie or being on my phone. These things can be so mindless at times, but as soon as you come to, you just feel more shitty about yourself. So I've been treating my Sundays like my self-care day as having a slow morning, like drinking my coffee, eating my breakfast with Bobby, then we go to the gym, go grocery shopping, and then we've been meal prepping together and it's been super helpful and I'm just enjoying my time with him like that. And then I let myself decide like what I want to do from there. I feel very accomplished and sometimes that's all I'll do for the day or I'll keep going. Like last Sunday, I didn't stop doing things until 9 p.m. and I was fine. And what's funny is I know I'm going to look back on this time after I have kids and be like, you lucky little shit. You had so much time to do whatever you wanted and you're making such a big deal about it now. But my Sundays have truly become my favorite day out of the week and you're talking to the person that had the Sunday scaries big time. I have also noticed a huge improvement with my performance and recovery in the gym. I feel strong as hell at the moment. I was able to press 35 pound dumbbells over my head and literally shocked myself when I did that. So taking out alcohol and strategically working out for my hormones, so depending on which cycle I am in, us women have four cycles that we go through within our period, I've seen quick recovery, strength gains, and when you work with your period rather than against it, that helps tremendously. And I think I'm going to do another episode just on our us women cycle in general, Uh, just to help you guys balance out those hormones. So expect that soon because I posted a video of just like how I work out during my luteal phase, which is between ovulation and your period. And the amount of feedback I got from that of how many women did not know that was pretty astonishing to me. And I want to be able to educate you guys on that more because my gosh, hormones are absolutely everything when it comes down to our overall health. So definitely expect that soon. So many people have mentioned through giving up alcohol that they've noticed overall less inflammation in their body and they look so much better. I didn't notice that, unfortunately. Now granted, I am a very healthy person. It's not like I abuse alcohol and if you are only wanting to give up alcohol for weight loss purposes, you definitely want to look at other lifestyle factors in your life to improve on as well. But hell, 
it's a step in the right direction. I will say my face doesn't feel as puffy, but I've also been implementing a lot of lymphatic drainage while I'm in the shower using my, I never say this right, gusha, dry brushing, and even just using my hands. So that will help also. I talk more about that in my summer glow up tips. Because I told you guys, I'm going to start really up in my self-care and lymphatic drainage in general. Where I thought this was going to be really difficult was my two best friends' birthdays. They are like two days apart. And we always go out and celebrate for their birthday every year. I didn't want to be a buzzkill. And we are always on the same vibe. Like if one person is getting drunk, we typically all are. And this was their birthday and I wanted them to have fun and not worry about me being the sober one. But I gotta tell you, when you have amazing supportive people in your life, it just makes all the difference. They didn't give me a hard time about it or make me feel bad. And I purposely didn't make a big deal out of it because when you don't, no one else will. If you are complaining and announcing like, oh, I'm not drinking, that's where it gets annoying. And most likely someone is going to talk you into having a drink, which makes this even harder. So if you decide to do this, those people in your corner gotta support you, not judge you. And who knows, maybe you'll connect more with people who are important to you and some will show their true colors. That didn't happen to me, but it might for you. Okay, the thing that really helped me was all the restaurants I went to had mocktails on their menu. And I'm not talking seltzer water and lime, like that's boring. I'm talking good, fancy drinks. I am a sucker for a placebo effect. So ordering these drinks really made me feel like I was drinking with everyone. Like I literally forgot I wasn't drinking. I had this drink called the Winter Wonderland that was strawberry, basil, lime, and soda water. And oh my gosh, it was the prettiest purple drink. I was shocked that it was purple, but it was so pretty and it tasted so good. There was also another drink. I didn't end up trying it, but it sounded good. Mango, lime, and ginger ale. Like that combo is superb. My girlfriend and I went to Condado's, which is one of my favorite Mexican restaurants. And you know me, I freaking love skinny margaritas. And it's really hard for me to say no to those. And lo and behold, they had a pineapple margarita mocktail on their menu. And I was shocked at how good it was. Like I was thoroughly enjoying that with my food and just having good conversation with her. Restaurants are getting with it. And if you're looking at a menu and they don't have mocktails, they can definitely make one for you. The no hito is literally a mojito without alcohol. All bartenders know how to make that. You can always ask for that. And if you're at home and you wanna make a fancy drink, guys, there are tons of ways that you can make it on your own. Go on Pinterest, type in mocktail recipes, and there is a boatload. I didn't really get into that, but when I was at home, I stuck with like kombucha drinks, or I bought this cucumber mint seltzer at Target, which was really good. Poppy is a healthy soda brand. Tastes very similar to regular sodas. Like their cola flavor tastes just like Coca-Cola. It's so good. 
pour that into a wine glass, bam, placebo effect. I've seen so many videos of the sober curious era and people completely eliminating alcohol from their life and having this euphoric feeling. And to be honest, guys, I didn't have that. I can say my relationship has improved on it immensely. I no longer feel the need to drink for every single social event. It's just not necessary and not worth it to me anymore. And I don't feel like I absolutely need it. Like when I would go out, I was like, no, I actually need this. No, you don't. But this doesn't mean I'm completely giving it up forever. There's a time and place. And when I want to, and when I feel the time is right, I will. I'm so glad I did this because it really did push me out of my comfort zone. And I truly feel like I've grown from this experience in more ways than others. And hopefully sharing this with you opens up your eyes to it to just take a break if you're looking to improve area, certain areas in your life. And I promise you, you will come back a stronger person. So that's it for this week's episode. Hey, if you liked it, do me a favor, hit that subscribe or follow button, rate the pod, tell me what you think. And until next time, I'll see ya. Love you guys.